This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, this is the Besotted Podcast, and uh, I know it's nearly, well, pretty much a week since we were jumping up and down on the terraces of Griffin Park, but we're still absolutely elated. Absolutely. We can't even hold ourselves back. I mean, I'm, I'm here. I've got Mr. Dave Lane. I'm Billy the Bee. I've got me. I've got Mr. Dave Lane here. He's jumping up and down. I'm trying to hold him back. Hello, Lane. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. Um, I've, I've relived it a couple of times since last Friday. I actually watched it from start to finish on Sky all over again on Tuesday, pretending that I didn't know the result, and it was just as good. So um, happy days. Many happy days. Many happy days. And I've got Mr. Matt Allard as well. And again, and he's been pogoing all over the place, haven't you, Mr. Matt Allard? Indeed, I have, and like Laney, I have also watched the game. Um, we watched the, the game in whole, we watched the highlights, we watched, yeah, it's been awesome. I, I, even re- I even started retweeting on Tuesday as if it were live. Very good for you. Unfortunately, I actually only got my Sky package a few days after the game, and I've actually been ringing them up asking if they could put it back on just for me, and they've got no interest whatsoever. Oh, All right. Well. I actually had to find someone that recorded it because there was a bit of a, there was a bit of a, shall we say, a cock up within our household, and it never got recorded. Uh, the keep button has been pressed, so it's almost impossible to delete, apart barring theft. Ah. Well, uh, I think you need to keep that because I might have to pop around your house, lady, uh, for an excuse to borrow some flour or something like that, and stay for the rest of the evening. No interest. <laughs> anyway, listen, we're talking about the Fulham game. It was absolutely fantastic. But before we talk about that, let's have a listen to what the fans thought about that game in the pub afterwards, where they were talking about apparently bees up, Fulham down. You wait for what, 20, 30 years for those types of results? The bees are not going to be beaten at home. We can go a goal down and we will claw our way back in and we will win again and again. Derby, we showed it. Fulham again, Derby game, we turned them over. That's what you want as a bees fan. The old Brentford capitulated, we'd have finished that game 1 0 down. But this new Brentford has got spirit and fight and passion. We got back into the game. 1-1, I was thinking, I'm happy with that. But no, we pushed on, pushed on, and we got the winner. That is Brentford. Listen, that was magnanimous in the most, wasn't it? Magnanimous doesn't quite sum up, Billy. <laughs> it, was, it was better than that. It was... Words don't, don't, words don't sum it up. You, you, you're just tongue-twisted, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, it was clear. It was top draw. It was top draw. I mean, football fans are crying. I mean, we don't like to see people cry, do we? Well, we're crying with laughter at the moment, aren't we? Yes. With, with our wins. I so. mean, we've seen them cry on the telly, but this is different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they're crying on the telly they now, are aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, no, they're crying still. Uh, oh, it was class. Sort of draw. I, I, I didn't think we were going to do it. At 1 0 down, I thought, shut up, shut up there. So, you had no faith? No, I had faith. I always thought we were going to come back and win. But I thought, they just looked. 
didn't like the, the, the substitution. Uh, what was his name? Jota, Dallas. Dallas, Dallas, Dallas. When they come on, brilliant class. Turned it, didn't it? I thought Tumani played very well, very but good. when he come off, game turns. But we went for the attack. He's like even the holding at, man, and it, we just went bosh, even, bosh, bosh. Even at two one, we wanted a third. Yeah, we did. Oh, it was class. No top draw, Billy. No one's going to stop us, are they? No. No one's going no to stop us now. <laughs> I, was just, I was knackered to just celebrate the first goal. To get the winner, oh, deary me, unbelievable. What a great night at Griffin Park. But we are just such a positive team. We are... I'm just loving watching Brentford this year. It is so, so much fun. First Brentford game that you've seen. You're a Liverpool fan. You watch Premier League action. I've been to you with England games. You watch international action. You've been watching some Brentford action today. How did it shape up? Very well, really well. There's the atmosphere, second to none. Second to none. I think the fact that you can uh, try to stand behind the goal was the play. Makes a hell of a lot of difference. Who got credit? As long as they just because everyone can listen to your manager and then get more into it. Doesn't matter if you've got a problem with Brentford or Ronaldo or a Messi. I'll take my help. That's, it's great football, great football. I mean, you've got Balotelli, you've got all these players, you had Luis Suarez last season, but you've tipped your act yeah. because you think that we're kind of, not out there with you, but we're trying to play some decent stuff. De- most definitely, yeah. I mean, if you've got the right manager... When my dad took me down there, Jimmy Hill and Ron Greenwood played for him. I'm delighted for Brentford, the club and the fans. Fighters. Fighters, and that's what we like to see down there. A passion. So when that ball went in the back of the net at 99.99 minutes, how are you feeling? Elated. Elated. Worth every second. <laughs> and I can see you're still smiling now. I know. And I'll be smiling tomorrow and for many a day. I think I'm happier now than I was when Judgey stuck that penalty away at the end of last season. I just I just don't think there's anything that can describe how happy I am after tonight. Oh, I'm bloody happy. I'm bloody happy. I'm bloody happy. I'm so happy. I'll be honest, right? I saw, I saw the equaliser, but I'm not sure that I really believe we, we, we scored the winner, so I didn't see it. I saw him shoot it, it was going towards the keeper, and people started cheering. I need to see it for myself. It's an unbelievable moment, an unbelievable moment, and I feel it was a real level, a real statement that we're back in a West London game. Fulham, Chelsea, they're obviously Chelsea on their own. Keep your eye coming down. Fulham and Brentford, we're, we're on a level now, mate. So we keep, let's bring them out together. So we keep talking about this, and we're talking about West London and the pride of West London. We won that pride of West London Cup today, didn't we? We did. Uh, more, more importantly, Fulham hold the shame of West London Cup, and it's a cup I feel they may hold on to for a few years. Yes. Because the team do not look up for the battle. Yes. And, um, well, that, their pride might, might be buried at the Michael Jackson statue. That'd be nice. This is the best thing since sliced bread, honestly. I can't believe today. I thought we'd just come, I set a point. But after today, after what everything happened, it was absolutely unbelievable, mate. Unbelievable. Bring it on. Bring on the Premiership. Bring on the Chelsea. Bring on the Liverpool. Bring on the United. Come on, let's have it. So, fans were absolutely elated after that showing from Brentford. Don't you think? Well, you know, we, we, we can... <laughs> Euphoria doesn't sort of uh, even explain it, but I mean, you know, you, you take away, even if you take away all the emotion and all that, all that frustrated year, you know, it wasn't just a special night for fans, and, you know, and one-upmanship and bragging rights, you know, it was a lesson in football, um, and, you know, that's, that's most encouraging for me, was the fact that, you know, there's, there's one team moving forward, and there's one team that's very fast in reverse, um, and the, the, there's one team of the future, and there's one team that all their yesterdays are just behind them, so, you know, it's, it, it, there's more than just the bragging rights it's the actual you know it's, it's the stature of the clubs going forward I mean it's the stature of the clubs going forward it's interesting because a few of the fans there were saying that old Brentford would have capitulated back in the good old days but not now is that right I think 
yeah, I, I, I get what they're saying. And I don't think it's as simple as that, though. Um, you know, yes, there are times we've all watched teams that would have just, um, you know, given up and died or whatever. But I do think there's a there's something more than that. It's not just about being great at battling, having loads of great players that have battled. We've, we've had that before. We are playing this unbelievable brand of football. That, um, and it is go, 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 attack, attack, attack. And I... And as much as, yeah, they fight and they keep going and they keep going, but let's not take away from how well we played. It was, um, it was, a, it was a fantastic performance. It was a sort of performance that my, my dad, he only gets excited watching Barcelona playing at their best. And he actually rang me up on Saturday morning and said he couldn't believe how good Brentford were. I also think as fans, we need to <clears throat> just not forget where we come from, but we need to stop looking over our shoulders the whole time. It's, it's quite clear this isn't a flash in the pan. This is this is carefully crafted. This is carefully prepared. You know, this this is there is a master plan here. This isn't just one good team. This is you know we we could lose players, um, and we've got the infrastructure now to replace them. You know, it's it's, it's the same with Foreshore. For sure, who you know, it, 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 we we uh, mid-season last year, we, there's no way that we thought we could have coped without him. Now we don't even miss him, and it's probably the same with all of those players. You know that we think we need them all, but probably we don't need any of them individually. You know, McCormack missing from the team recently, Dougie missing from the team recently. You know, this is a proper team now. Um, you know, th- this isn't Brentford of yesteryear. Yeah, we probably would have capitulated, but. You know, maybe it's maybe it's just this window in time. Maybe in in, in two or three months, we, we won't be as good as this. But at the moment, we're untouchable. I mean, I, I agree with you there. I think one of the arguments, though, is the fact that, and I think that the management said this, that we tried to, if you remember, just over 12 months, 12 months ago, we were desperately trying to sign a striker, desperately, desperately, desperately. We were trying to get all these players. We couldn't get them. And in the end, we got Trotter back on loan. And we got Trotter back on loan only because basically we're desperate for a striker. And the management said that basically no one wants to come down to Division 1. But now that we're in the championships, our options are much, open, are much more open. And because we've got a slightly different way of buying players, we don't necessarily go for the top line as a five, six, seven million. We go for a player who says, I think you're quite good and we'll develop you. But that player didn't want to take a risk to come down to the Division One. But he'll now take a risk to come into the Championship. And I think that's where we have our little selling point. And this is where our bonus is with Brentford. Because we'll pick up players that other teams just won't do. Because what they'll do is they'll go straight in and they go, oh, let's go and get him because everyone's after him. He's £5 million. Well, we'll pick up somebody for 500000 750000 a million pounds, which in this division is apparently nothing, but he'll turn out to be a bit of, bit of a jewel. I think, yeah, I think that's a good point because I, I, we don't need to, I mean, there's talk, you know, do we need to get this marquee player in or whatever in January or something? And I sort of think that what we need to do is keep buying good young players that we can develop and then and then potentially they're going to be worth more in the future. Um, I don't think we need to go out and buy this star player. I just think we need to strengthen the squad and keep doing what we're doing. The odds are the next great signing, we don't know, we, we won't have heard of them. Um, yeah, I agree as well. I think um, someone coming in on mega money um, risks unsettling <clears throat> what we've got here. Um, I, I, I just don't think we need to we, we don't need to mix it up much more than it is. You know, yeah, we, we probably need more cover up front. Um, um, I'm going to get through a whole podcast without saying his name, so I'm not going to say the name here. But we do need we do need probably another striker. Um, but you know, Gray didn't score for the first time in several games on on Friday night. <clears throat> um, we, we we've got goals in us still. Um, we probably we do need cover. If if we if we're going to believe that we can push for a, a playoff place, then we, we're definitely going to need more goals, and we're going to need to you know bring players in um, and share those goals around. So um, yeah, I, I, w- I wouldn't rule out a striker, but um, I'm. I'm not. I'm not necessarily sure it will be be one from an English club. We, we might see someone being brought in from abroad on loan. I mean, it was a great game, but we were one nil down. We were losing, and even though we played some brilliant football in that first half, it was absolutely gutting. And did, didn't you think at one stage like? It's typical, like Norwich. We play brilliant football, play them off the park, and they've gone one goal up. But then Mr. Warburton made two fantastic substitutions. And those two substitutions turned the game, didn't they? 
Well, you've you got to say that taking Tanami off was, um, I mean, he was our best player, arguably. Um, yet we're 1-0 down, we take him off, and we go and win 2-1. Um, I guess we brought on a different type of player to him. Uh, it, it, it was a, yeah, it's another great sort of substitution. I think, though, there's that, there's that sort of belief. I don't know if anyone gives up. I mean, I'm talking about supporters as well. Is that, you know, heads, heads don't go quite down like they used to. We've seen it in the Derby game. This was even better, though, wasn't it? I mean, just two goals in the last, I don't know, what was it, seven or eight minutes? It was um, something else. I didn't know where it was going to come from, if I'm being honest with you. Um, and, I, and, and I did double-check myself and did say, why, why am I getting nervous? The chances are going to come. I couldn't see where they were going to come. But, you know, when, when, um, when Harley equalised, then oh, it was something I wasn't going to be happy with a point either then. And it wasn't being greedy. I just, I just thought we were, we we deserved to get the points. And um, you know, I, I, again, I just thought one more chance, one more chance. And then when um, when Jota cut in, I still didn't think it was a good idea to shoot. But hey, Christ, you know, what a, what a finale. I mean, what a finale. And it's interesting as well because you talk about the man of the match. I mean, Bissotti did a man of the match poll as we do every week now so if you check on the website besotted.co.uk we do a man of the match every week and uh mr tamani absolutely clear 53 percent i think he got um on man of the match everyone thought he was absolutely brilliant behind him was judged with 15 percent then harley on 10 percent rightfully so as well wasn't it Oh, absolutely, and I, I put a bit of a, you know, bit of a fantasy article on beside this week about, you know, um, pretending he was a three million pound new signing from PSG, um, and but you know, if you if you just landed from Mars and, and someone told you that, you'd believe it. On on recent form, he, he's just he's a transform player. He's 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 brilliant. You know, he's so composed. He's reading of the game. His first touch. He, He's making the right pass. He's um, keeping it simple. He's, I tell you, I tell you, you can shoot, Harley Dean. That was like that was a finish, a la Cantona. He just sort of, <laughs> you know, there's no back lift. He just, oh, that was it was, um, yeah, that was something else. That Harley Dean's finish made me think that, um, that you know, that's some football for there. Well, he got the right arm, didn't he? You know, it's the second time he's done that. He was at Millwall. He almost got the touch to the Shitu, um own goal. Um, and that was another example of him not not being, you know, just a little bit upset that, you know, I don't think he made a mistake in, in the Millwall game. He was, but he wasn't happy with the conceding the two goals, and he wanted to make defensive throughout his right. And he and he, and he set off against Fulham, and um, he did he did it a couple of minutes before, um, and he did it again. He just drove straight through the middle, picked picked the right ball out wide to Dallas, um, and then was just lurking. You know, he did no right to be that far forward um, and as you say what a finish what a finish uh, I mean it's Harley Dean and we're talking about players I mean the, Harley, I mean characters in your side we used to have Terry Herlocks we've got all these characters coming through but then all of a sudden Harley Dean I'm just wondering and talk to a few people <laughs> in the afterwards, do you think that he's starting to to, to, to epitomise the atypical Brentford player that we love someone who kind of wears his heart on his sleeve. I mean, I know a lot of the Brentford players do, but, you know, sometimes somebody comes out who's a bit of a lad, who's a bit of a boy, the one that comes out there and just does the business. And Arlie Dean, you know, he was in the side, then he got out the side, then he wasn't happy, then he's like, I want to give it all. What do you what do you reckon? Because, I don't know, he, he seems to be coming to me as being like, come on, Brentford, I am, I am Brentford, I am, you know, I am the one. In, on purely football terms, I still think he's got a problem with nailing down that place in the team, if I'm honest. Um, but yeah, he 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 kind of epitomises the character of that team at the moment. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen. At some point, he'll lose his place in the team, I guess. It might take, maybe it'll be a suspension or something like that. So it'll be interesting to see how he reacts again that time. Um, but yeah, he's um, he's certainly become a a real sort of he leads from, I was going to say, he leads from the front. He obviously doesn't lead from the front, but in some ways he leads from the back. Harley knows that he's going to get a place to the side because Tarky cannot go, you know, too far without getting a yellow card. He's already on five yellow cards. 
I think he was on five yellow cards when we were in October or something like that. So, you know, Tarky will be suspended probably before Christmas, you know. So uh, Ali will get another run in the side, even if he does come out, and they'll definitely rotate between the two of them. But, you know, it's, it was good to see that. And we talked, if you listen to the package, we talked about Blondie. You talked about Harley coming over and kissing him on the head and stuff like that. And fans just love that kind of stuff. I know it might sound really pathetic, but it's just hearing that, 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 that love and that, that, that real feeling and actually really understanding how much that game means to us, you know, whereas you get some players who might have come in and thought, oh, oh yeah, you know, I didn't realise that game was so much, but that game was a massive one for us, isn't it? You know, and I'm saying also it's interesting because I brought one of my mates down at the game. He was a Liverpool fan, huh. goes to Liverpool, watches them play all the time, goes to see England as well. And the one thing that he was really kind of impressed with was the, the positivity and the way that the team played. You know, he thought, he thought that the style of football that they played was really, really impressive, which to me, I think that's really great for actually attracting new fans to, to, to do what we're doing and actually telling people that we're not here to mess about. You know, we were on Sky on Saturday, on Friday night, and people went, tell you something, Brentford are all right. I did a podcast. New, I did... Fan, new fans, Bill. We haven't got any room for any new fans. We're, 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 we're full up now, mate. No, yeah. room, no room at the inn. Well, I don't know. That Fulham game was a, was a one-off, but, you know, games like Blackburn, you know, games like Ipswich on Boxing Day, we need, still need these people to come down, don't we? You know? I, tell you, I tell you one thing. Um, we'll give, we'd give Liverpool a game if we play them this weekend. Cool. Why, we just... Cool. Not we our... just... Yeah. You know, it's almost like we can't wait for the FA Cup third round to come quick enough now, can we? I, I, I've got. I, I actually think we should throw. We should throw everything at the FA Cup this season because I think there's a massive opportunity to increase. Um, you know, get the club out there, get the club out there, and get some ex- extra exposure. You know, all these teams they don't take it seriously. So I'd love us to have a real crack at it this year. You because... sounded like Kevin Keegan then. I would love it. <laughs> I just think. I just think there's an opportunity. There's a real opportunity to go out there and you know and get Brentford's names up in light. Up in light. Again again lights again um i really hope we take it seriously because the fact of the matter is we sh- we're gonna hopefully if we get to christmas we got 38 39 points we can forget about any you know worrying about getting relegated and all that stuff which isn't going to happen now um do we want to go up i don't know of course we do as fans but i just would love us to have a real crack at the fa cup you're a greedy boy, mate. And see, not only do you want promotion, you want Europa League as well next season. <laughs> doing, doing a lovely little segue there, Matt, and thanks very much for that, talking about going up. I mean, if Brentford were to go up, then we've got a bit of a problem on our hands, haven't we? Because the Football Association, sorry, the, the, the Premier League, they're not happy with Griffin Park at all. And they've said to us, look, if you go up, what are you going to do about this? And... Uh, Brentford have had to make a sort of a, a couple of decisions here, really, because uh, we're struggling a little bit. I thought there was a poll. Grounds... Hey? I thought there was a poll. No, there is a poll, but I'm just well, saying. Brent... So, so that's where we go, yeah? No, the well, is where no, we go. well, no, it's not necessarily where we go. <laughs> it's because people say that we should be playing down in at Wickham Wanderers ground. It doesn't mean that we're going to go and play there, does it? We, we need to talk about it. No to oh, Wickham, yeah. no to Woking. <laughs> Yeah, you know, no, but, no to Reading. You know, but as you were saying, there's a, there's a couple of issues, and this this has come about. It was a little bit of a naughty move by Sky, you know, but it's true. Obviously, what's happened is that we're now in the Championship. The Premier League says to me, they probably go to every single club and says, okay, if, with a big if, you get promoted to the Premier League next season, exactly what are your plans? Because we need to know. And Brentford have to put it down in writing by probably not by next month to say, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. So they need to give them a plan just in case we get promoted. So this is throwing it all up because we're in the promotion spots at the moment now as to what we may or may not do. So Brentford, if you go to besotted.co.uk, we've done a bit of a poll to see what the fans will think about ground sharing because all of a sudden it's like we could do one or two things. We can either stay at Griffin Park put some seats on the Ealing Road and put some seats on the Brook Road, which will be a bit bizarre, but, you know, that's one way that we could do it. Reduce our capacity from 12,000 to probably about 9,000, you know, but then we love Premier League games at Griffin Park, or we can go somewhere else. We can go to a couple of places. And uh, the poll as it went, at the moment now, it's still going. 48% of the people are up for us going to the Stoop Stadium, which is Harlequin's ground, which is in Twickenham. 
pretty much, you know, quite near to Twickenham rugby ground. After that is a big gap. 14% of the people are quite really happy with going to Twickenham, which I find quite bizarre, rattling around in an 82,000 capacity stadium. Then after that, people are just really kind of drawn. They just don't want to go for Loftus Road and also for uh, for Fulham. That 10% for those two ones. And after that, there's about 7% people who said they're not happy with any of that. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, boys? It's a waste of a vote, saying Twickenham, to be honest. You might as well put Barcelona. It's, you know, it's, um, it's not going to... I don't think the stoop's going to happen either. I think I, I really, I think there's, like, residence um, charters, and I think you're only allowed to play so many sporting events in in that area. I, I just... I know there's Chelsea were thinking about going there, um, and I just think it's just it's just, just a no-starter. Yes, it's the stadium's big enough for someone like Chelsea, perhaps, but, you know, it's, it's ridiculous for us to be thinking about going there. And, again, it's just not going to happen. I think you're only allowed to have so many events, so many sporting events, so many pop concerts, so many pop concerts. Who says that now? Um, <laughs> um, so I just, I, it's, we, there is a problem. There is a real, there is a real problem there. And I, but I've noticed on my season ticket this year, in Ealing Road, I've got a seat number. Yes. So, so maybe, maybe there is, maybe they've already thought about this. I don't know. But well, maybe, maybe you think, you, but you think beyond this. So if we were to go up. This could be our last season at Griffin Park already, yeah, because I can't. I can't even if even if we went if we if we were to go up and left, could you see us coming back after it being mothballed for a season? I can't. No. So you know, it, mm, well, mm, I I I'm not sure what I think. Well, I I I, I want to have personally. I would love to have a send-off at Griffin Park. So we need to have a proper send-off at Griffin Park, like the last season. And not saying I don't want to go up, but I just think that just like when we were in Division 1 and everyone was gutted when Trotter missed that penalty, and I was like, I think it might have been a season too early. Now, the old realisation, it was a season too early, and I think that if we went up this season, it'd be, a, you know, it'd be too early for us to go to the Prem. And it might be a bit of a laugh, but we need a little bit more bedding downtime. Might be a season too late next year. Warburton might have gone. All the players may have gone. You never know. You've got to take the chances when they're there, mate. You can't. That's true. That's true. one of those things that I don't really, didn't really want to talk about, but I, but because we have to talk about it, because the Premier League are making us talk about it, then I don't mind. Because this could really backfire on us talking about where we're going to play if we get promoted. I mean, I can imagine Fulham and QPR fans potentially finding this hilarious at the end of the season. But um, but as we have to talk about it, the stoop I can walk there, so that would be all right for me. <laughs> but <laughs> that, I'm not sure that's how they pick stadiums. Uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm happy with I'm happy with Stains Town in that case. I've got Finchley and Wingate. Yeah, I was, so I was um, you know, so so the stoop sounds good, but I mean, I'm sure it doesn't have Andersaw heating, so I think that probably rules it out. And I think the same as what you said, um, basically. They can't have an event at the Stoop and Twickenham on the same day. Um, so that rules out potentially two days most weekends. Um, isn't there a rugby league club play there as well at some point? I don't know if they still have that. So I, I, I don't see how the Stoop would work. I mean, I know you don't play many games on a Saturday in the Premier League anyway, but I don't think you'd be playing any if um, you ended up if we ended up there because we'd presumably be a poor third choice behind England rugby and then um, Quinns. So, you know, I can't see that happening. I... Um, and I don't really want to think about the other options, but I definitely, I, I'd rather, or don't even want to say, well, I'd, I'd rather go to QPR or Fulham than Reading or Wickham. Well, it's interesting you mentioned the Reading word because quite a bit, Reading wasn't down on our poll just because I just thought it was a little bit ridiculous and it was out there. It's like, you know, it's, you know, a good sort of what, 30, 40 miles out from London. But quite a few people have said, cool, can't we play at Reading because it's just, you know, West London and we can drive there in, you know, 40 minutes from, you know, West, you know, from Heathrow. They, they um, must they must live there. <laughs> I think so as well. I mean, have, have you ever tried to get to Reading on the train? It's, it's, it's cheaper to get to, to, to Rotherham than it is to get to Reading. Yeah, and then Ooh. try and get to the football stadium from the train station, yeah. Well, Rotherham, Rotherham, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we could play there. We could drown share with them. Yeah. Was, where, where, where did Nodes threaten us with? Woking, wasn't it, back in Woking, the day? Yeah. Nodes Woking. are Woking. And Kingstone, you mentioned. And <laughs> yeah, it was it was anywhere really, anywhere that you could wind us up about. To be fair, no to Woking. We might as well go to Brighton if we're going to go to Woking. 
So, okay, so, I mean, we talked about the ground share, and uh, we're just going to put it to the back of our minds, and we'll just see how it goes at the end of the season. If uh, if, if that happens, we'll just have to deal with it, really, wouldn't we? I, I'm going to I'm gonna say I'd rather play in a 9,000 capacity Griffin Park. That's, that's, and then we're just, we'll just stay where we are until we have to move to Lionel Road. That's what I think we ought to do. As... As a as a football supporter, I agree with you 100%. We're going to get 50 million quid for going up. The the, the 5,000 capacities neither in or there. The, the, we're not going to be required to turn up for the cash flow of the club if we get to the Premiership. So it doesn't matter if we're we're, we're just we're, you know if we're just 9,000 of us. At least there'll be 9,000 mates there. So let's uh, let's just go that route. Yes, indeed. So it's been a long time. Bees have been around for ages. 125th anniversary this year. We had a little bit of a party this week, just the day before Fulham. Haven't had much time to talk about it. There's a bit of a podcast flying around on the audioboom.com forward slash besotted if you want to check it out. It's quite funny. It's got Chris Kamara, Terry Evans, Dennis Salmon, all sorts of characters on it. But, um, I mean, at 125th anniversary, I know, lady, you've done a little book as well, haven't you? Bit of a crack, bit of a cracking podcast, I have to say. Build up that one. I think that's um, it's, it's got, it's got all, all the all the movers and shakers in that one. Um, uh, yeah, real, real, real giggle, real giggle that one. Um, it was a good night. Um, not a very Brentford, Brentford place to have it. I, 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 I'll say that it was the Lensbury Club was um, a little bit kind of really the, hur- the hurling, um, yeah, Hurlingham Club. Sorry. Um, uh, but yeah, very good night. Packed, 700 people there, I believe. Um, yeah, just uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyable night, I'd say. Um, and then the book, the 125-year official Brentford book, is out in the club shop now, price 30 pounds. Um, it is stunning. I mean, um, I know that I've been one of the one of the three that have produced it, um, but it's I, I've loved every minute of it. Um, we've spent a lot of hours in libraries um, researching really, really old, very early formative years um, articles, and it's, it's done in, like, in a scrapbook style, so it's kind of like little nuggets of information, and um, it's, it's just, it's, it's wonderful. So anyone that's got any uh, any love for the club, will just they'll just wallow in it. Um, it's, we've, we've tried not to make it a, a boring um, stat fest either. Um, it's, it, it, it's all it's all kind of lovely reports and beautiful photographs all the way back to uh, um, the turn of the last century really um, it's yeah so make sure it's on your Christmas list um, or buy it for someone who uh, is a bees fan so um, and uh, thanks to HM printers who who, who are Brentford fan um, print company and they've really really sort of bent over backwards to get to get to do this book um, and they've, they've given us gold foil on the cover and um, they've, they've really, really sort of bent over backwards, as I said, and uh, they've done, done, a, done a special club, special job for the club. Great stuff. So um, check out that book, 125th anniversary book coming out soon. Put it in your Christmas list. No, it's out, list. it's out now. It's in the club shop now. Uh, it's in the club shop now, but still put it in your Christmas list. And also if you go to besotted.co.uk and just click on the audio button at the top, you'll actually be able to get all the Brentford podcasts and you'll be able to find the 125th anniversary podcast, which is uh, it's a bit of a giggle, it has to be said. Um, the Mayor, she's completely hilarious. Um, check her out if you don't check in. Saturday, big game on Saturday. We've got a bit of vengeance for last season when Wolves came down to Brentford and absolutely annihilated our unbeaten run, which is pretty much almost 100% game-winning run, beating us 3-0. But... We're both up, and it's a different kettle of fish now. And I think Brentford are back in the ascendancy. We know what we're doing. We've brought in a load of new players. And uh, we've got Mark Wolverton, who's just been... He's in, he's in the driving seat properly. He's only in the driving seat for a couple of months that time. And So Mark Warburton and Kenny Jacket will be going to do duel on Saturday. Je- Je- Jenny, Ka- Jenny Cackett. <laughs> yeah, Jenny Cackett, Kenny Jacket. Listen... <laughs> And we're going to see who's going to be top dog. We've been chatting to Pete from the London Wolves boys, who's given us a bit of a lowdown on Wolves last season, this season, and what he rinks about what's going to go down on Saturday. So, yes, and I'm speaking to Peter from the London Wolves. So how have things been, Peter? It's been such a t- bit of a turnaround since the last time we met, hasn't it? Uh, well, from... 
from that match on, then uh, then it was a marvellous uh, run right through to the end of the season. Yeah, it's a really nice stuff they were playing. Um, and the first 10, 12 matches of this season, um, although we weren't winning them all, um, we were dominating matches. Um, and then the defence got changed around a bit. And uh, so we dropped from first for about, uh, about an hour. And I think we're 11th or 12th now. I mean, you, you were third, you know, at one point in September, you, were, you know, with 18 points, you were third. Um, and a lot of people were saying they expected Wolves to be up there because, you know, you're a big club, you know, since a big club, you were very solid in Division One. You know, when we played you last season, I mean, you beat us, as we said, 3-0 at our ground. And we turned around and we had to tip our hats to you. You guys were solid at the back. And up front, you were really incisive. And I think a lot of people took that on board and said, look, Wolves this season, we expect them to possibly be challenging for the playoffs. And was that your thought as well? Um, not, not immediately when we went up, because a lot of academy players um, and a lot hadn't played championship football. Um, you know, we know what the championship's been like. They were saying we were favourites to go straight back up to the Premiership two years ago. Uh, but unfortunately, we went the other way. Yeah. So and then, obviously, you said you had a good start, but then you've had you know you've had three straight losses now. And uh, I mean, if you if you lose on Saturday, um, it's going to be your worst record since you're actually in the Premiership. Um, you've only taken one point over the last nine fixtures. You said that's down to a couple of things. You've changed up your defence, and you know, I mean, why is that, Pete? I mean, you've gone from being totally on on the money to being a little bit kind of not so on the money. Well, last. Last season, the back four really didn't change. Um, and uh, the difference, um, he won't be playing Saturday because he's out on loan. Oh, he's back, actually, I think, back with injury is Jack Price. And he's a bit more of a um, a ball-winning midfielder than, uh, you know, a forward-playing midfielder. He's got some nice touches. Um, I, I think we've missed him because he was there for most of the second half of the season last season. Um and the, uh, all sorts of reasons, injury and so on, the defence had to change. Um, I think uh, Scott Goldborn probably had his best match of the season at your place last uh, last February, uh, and he's been injured. And I think we've really missed him. And I think even uh, Kenny was on the website saying that uh, we really have been missing him. Um, and that's, of course, shifted bits across from the right side to the left side. Uh, we've had one of the academy players come forward instead of Stearman. Uh, he's injured now. So I think we won't play, play the same back four uh, for five or six matches now. And that makes a big difference, I think, in this league. Yeah, most definitely. I'm, I'm just interested because, obviously, you said that last time you were in the Championship, they expect you to go up. You went down to the First Division. I mean, you came back at abouts and you're back in there again. But I'm just wondering, how, do you, how are you seeing this league? How is the standard? Because, obviously, there's a different vibe to it to when you were here last time. Because last time you were fighting against relegation but this time you're back in it with a more positive spin. And how are you seeing this league? I think it's uh, it's about the same as it ever was. There are um, 13 or 14 teams who can make the playoff. And there are probably only about five or six that are really going to struggle all season. I'm surprised to see Fulham down there. I think they'll pick up. And they, you know, there's always one team that comes right from the bottom right through once we get past Christmas, and they're probably the team that's most likely to do that. But in terms of competitiveness, it's not really changed. You know, the, it's a different teams taking this season. You know, it's been Reading, it's been Derby, it's been uh, Forest before, and Derby and Forest turn again this season by the looks of it. Uh, Derby was certainly impressive. Um, and once Forest got going after about 60, 70 minutes. Uh, last weekend they, they, they were really dominant if it's interesting you say that because we paid Forrest up at their place about two or th- about three weeks ago I think it's three or four weeks ago and we absolutely wiped the floor with them I mean they had no comeback whatsoever so again I don't know if it's a scenario where we caught them on, you know, in, in a bit of a peaky period where they were off for sort of six or seven games or whether or not it's kind of like you know the different styles of football that we played or you know whether or not Pierce has just given them a kick up the backside basically well, he certainly had him. He certainly had him going on uh, on last weekend, um, and our defence went missing. Oh, their first goal by us, us for longer. Um, 
our defence stepped up and said, "After you, basically." Yeah. Went in, and once that once that once that had happened, then heads went down, and uh, and that really was the end of it. They could have won by more. Um, and as with last season, except there aren't so many clean sheets in the last four matches. Um, well, actually, since Reading, when they came back from three nil down to draw three three, um, Carl Ikeem has still been playing a blinder every week. Yeah. I mean, so since the last time we met up, I mean, you know, you had a couple of new players. The last time we met, we had people like Dico, who was fairly new in your ranks, and he's now quite an established player. Who have you brought on board since the last time we met, and who's actually making some waves? Um, well, Dicko, of course, has been injured for half the season. That's so we haven't had uh, we haven't had any goals in us really. The midfielders haven't quite managed to step up and do that. Um, we've uh, we've just brought Danny Graham in on loan, so he played his first match. Looked useful. Um, there's a tendency with a player like that though to lump the ball rather than play it on the ground, which is what we were really doing last season. Um, but other than that, we haven't really, really had much change, apart from lads coming through from the academy, like um, Ebanks Landell, who is now uh, now injured. We had Sagbo in on loan, uh, and he didn't get anywhere. Um, you you brought in one of our players that we actually uh, tried to get in the close season. He played for us last season, and he was fantastic. Tailed off a little bit towards the back end of the season, and that's old George Saville. And uh, yeah, we put in a bid for him. He'd loaned from Chelsea, didn't he? That's well, yeah, well, you actually bought him, so he, he's actually yeah. not on loan, but he's a full time player from, of yours. We tried to get him in the summer, couldn't get him. Um, he decided to walk for Wolves. How's he been getting on down at your place? Um, bit, bit tentative, missed a few uh, open chances, so, but he's not had that much game time yet. Um, I think he's going to be good. Everyone says it, he's going to be good. Certainly, Jacket's got a lot of uh, hope in him. Um, you know he's got he's he's got to find his fit. He's not. I don't think he's a ball winner, and that's part of the problem. So when you've got too many creative midfielders and nobody to actually win the ball, they don't get the ball to play with. So we think he'll be all right. Yeah. So okay. he came in in the summer. We also brought Tommy Rowe in, who also looks very good. But again, they're you know they're they're still quite young in terms of certain terms of championship experience. I mean that's the thing I quite like. I mean I like Jackie. Probably quite similar to our manager where he, you know, he, he went straight out and he, he wanted to out the old guard at, at Wolves and thought, I'm going to bring the new kids through and I'm actually going to bleed them and make sure make, the, make sure they play for the team. And I thought, as soon as Jacket came in and I saw the players he was buying, it, I, I did realise that we were going to have a problem last season at actually trying to get any sort of championships or credentials because uh, Jacket knew, as opposed to any of the sort of, I call them the conveyor belt managers out there, who you'll bring in and they'll bring the same old players in and have the same old attitude. But I think... Jacket's got a lot fresher attitude, uh, and and which I think bears well for uh, for the future for teams like Wolves. Yeah, and I, he, you know he works well with the uh, um, the academy side, and he's got effectively a director of football with him who's doing a lot of recruiting. Um, but he knows his way around these, you know, certainly around the first division and the development uh, of the championship. So a lot of experience there, and I think the uh, the scouting's still very good. We're getting good players in. Probably the one who's been, who's made the most improvement since he arrived is Lee Evans. But again, he's been injured, and he's one who really can take the midfield and, and run it, and and do a bit of tackling. Uh, okay. So he's been injured. He's been injured as well. So I said the defence hasn't been settled. The midfield hasn't really been settled either. Well, that's 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 what that's where our game runs. I mean, Brentford's game runs as you saw when we played against Fulham. In the midfield, we brought in a load of players. Alex Pritchard from Swindon. Yeah. We've got Jota, who's unbelievable, the guy from Celta Vigo. I mean, if he's on his game, he's just brilliant. Um, Judge, since uh, Forshaw left to go to, 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 to Wigan, has been unbelievable. He's just moved into position and he's just taken the game on his own. And uh, Odubaju, who is at Orient last season, who you know very well, mm. he's had to flip back into the right-back position. But now what happens is that he actually attacks from the right-back position, so he's almost even more dangerous from there as well. So, uh, And Jonathan Douglas, who you probably remember as well, he's just come into his own since uh, Borshaw's. So our, our, our midfield is actually on fire at the moment now, and it's just whether or not um, Andre Gray, who's been given the job of actually scoring up front pretty much on his own, whether or not you know he's a tricky little player, you know whether or not he actually gets a service, and that's, that's, that's really the key. 
you know. But before talking about scoring goals, I cannot carry on chatting with you anymore until I ask you about this Sacco gold-studded boot thing that's going to be happening on Saturday. What's that all about, Pete? It's his hundredth game for Wolves, and he just wanted to celebrate that um, because he was a. When we went down at Brighton, and you know, we, and we were finally formally relegated last match of the season, two seasons back, he was the first player to go right over to the fans and give his shirt to the fans. Um, and the probability was Forrest were in with a bid for him. Uh, and I think there were a couple of Premier League clubs sniffing around, but he stuck it out, said he wants to stay, you know, whether that'll happen at the end of this season if if we don't go up. Um, but he's shown a tremendous amount of loyalty to the club and uh, he's just celebrating. Which I think is very nice, you know, for a, he's been here, what, three years now, uh, came in from France, uh, has a terrific relationship with Dicko, and the pair of them together um, could make a real difference to any game. They just, they, he just knows where Dicko's going to be and puts the ball there. Okay, but I mean, it's nice for him to celebrate. It's nice for him to do something different. But some diamond encrusted yellow boots. I mean, don't you think that's pushing the boat out a little bit far? Uh, you think it should have been gold encrusted then? <laughs> All I know is that Harley Dean's got his eye on those boots, and uh, if he's got Sacco in his pocket, I think he'll have them boots in his pocket as well on Saturday. Well, he was trying to take his boots off him last season, last year as well, wasn't he? That's right. He's had a bit more practice now. I'm going to have to ask you for one last thing. Yeah. School prediction for Saturday's game, mate. Uh, mm. Two all. And Pete, also, I've heard you're going to be meeting up the players as well, aren't you, before the game? Uh, that's right. Every year before the last London game, and you know, stupidly, this is the last London game. The way the fixture computer came up, um, you get to meet with the players in uh, their hotel the night before the match. So. Uh, this this time, in fact, we're going to present Sacco with his Player of the Season award for two years ago, and Kevin McDonald for his uh, award for last season. So a couple of our young lads are going to do that tomorrow, and uh, we'll have an hour or so with the players before they have their dinner. Um, and it's just a really nice touch, you know, really fan-friendly club. That's great, that's great. And obviously, you're going to tell Sacco that Harley Dean's going to have them boots off him after the game, aren't you? Yeah, maybe we can get him to present him with a copy afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice one. All right, Pete. Yeah. Well, I'll see you tomorrow in the pub. Okay, Billy. Yeah, see. You. Okay. Yeah, see you, Sadie. Take, bye. Take him in. Take him. Bye bye. So yeah, that was Pete from London Wolves. He's hoping for a two-all draw. He's not quite sure how it's going, but he still sounds pretty positive. I think they had a pretty good day with the Wolves players. We're going to have a pretty good day tonight with the Wolves players. But listen. So what do you think of this, boys? I mean, we've got Wolves coming up, lady. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are that it's a brilliant time to play them. They're low on confidence. It's a similar kind of situation when we played Forest. You know that they're a better team than their current form and the position suggests, um, and you know they're, they're capable of uh, of um, giving us a, a real, a real sort of uh, wake up call on Saturday. Um, I just hope that current form goes into the match because we, I can't see how our run finishing this week. Um, you normally you get you know the signs that the stabilisers are going to come off etc for a couple of weeks before they do. I think we're going to push on if anything from from the Fulham game. It's going to give us more confidence that we underpins the fact that we're doing the right things. We're not going to change anything. Um, they will be properly scared of us um, on Saturday, um, and it will be interesting to see what kind of um, reception Savile gets coming back. I'm sure we'll get a warm reception, but I think you know he's another one that. Should have stayed with the Brentford. Should have stayed with the Brentford. I mean, that's if he plays. I'm going to ask the both of you, though. I mean, we've got a bit of a problem because we've got Mr. Bakary Sacco with his diamond-encrusted yellow boots playing Sack on Saturday. Shit. Sack of shit, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got to ask the question. Do you think that his diamond-encrusted boots are going to be seeing the ball banging into the back of the net? Uh, I'm sort of hoping the, the best thing is he takes a wild shot his boot comes off and flies into the into the crowd and somebody runs off with it with the diamonds in it like cinder like cinderella and then <laughs> i mean listen he's played 100 games i mean we we gave a little chuckle but let's be serious about this he's played 100 games for wolves right 
it's a hundred, not a thousand. I said a hundred games for all. Do, do you think he's going a bit OTT or, or what's going on here? I think he's got to take taking himself a little bit too seriously. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that because at the end of the day, if you're a decent striker, you're banging the balls in the back of the net. Then you know, this you just need to get the plaudits and do what you do. But I mean, Kev O'Connor, did he get did he get a diamond entrusted pair of underpants when he played his 250 game for Brentford? Definitely nice. I mean, to be honest, I, I, I don't, I can't even really answer the question about what I think about it because it just seems utterly ridiculous to me. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't get it all, and I hope, I hope when Andre Gray plays his hundredth game for Brentford, we don't see something similar. Okay, but forget that. I, what's more to the point is that we played Wolves last season. They came down there. They, 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 they battered us. They, well, it was, see you later. See you later. when we tapped our out to them. We said, brilliant Wolves. But now, when they do something like this, and we, we come, they come to this this season, we thought they've done all right. They were third in September. They've done the business. They've done all right. Okay, they've done a great run now. But there's no real shine-outs for the Wolves. But all of a sudden, the fans have found somebody that they can actually take the piss out of, haven't they? I mean, he's put his head up on the power of it and go, hello, everybody, I'm so brilliant. Look at me with my diamond-encrusted boots. Can you take the piss out of me for 90 minutes? He might as well wear a big... Dunce's hat on his head. <laughs> it's just, just what I mean. You just wouldn't do it, would you? I mean, he's, he's at Wolves for God's sake. He's not. He's not. He's not at Man United or Liverpool. He's just, just yeah. He's, he's not even in the Prem, is he? It's kind of. He's coming. He's gonna wear diamond boots at Griffin Park. I mean, get 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 a grip, mate. Listen. At the end of the day, each to their own. And I'm sure that he's very happy. And you know, respect to him with the hundred games and stuff. And... <laughs> <laughs> See, he'd be born in a statue next, won't he? Well, there's a statue at Wolves, actually. Of, um, I can't remember the player. Forgive me, Wolves fans, for not remembering, but at least I remember there's a statue there. And maybe you can have a statue of uh, Bakary's diamond-encrusted boots right beside this very, very famous person. Uh, and then you'll be all very happy. <laughs> or maybe not, actually. Other than Sacco, I mean, it's, it's going to give us a bit of a laugh, but... I mean, we're taking this game quite seriously, aren't we, Matt? I mean, we've got to... Now that we've had the taste of winning, we've had four wins in a row, we want five, don't we? We, we need to go for this game. And Wolves, with their run, we can't do what Brentford used to do of old and just, like, see you later, bosh. We need to take the ball by the struff, struff of the neck or whatever they say and completely annihilate these boys on Saturday, don't we? Yeah, we got we got to do the same job we did on Forest um, with them. Um... There, there. It, it's funny. Sometimes I don't like playing teams that, that should be there for the taking because I always think that at some point they're going to turn around. But this season, you know, we Forest when as Dave has already said, Forest in a very similar boat when we played them, and um, and we all know what happened there. So yeah, we just got to go out and do it. And you know what? There's probably this. In some respects, this probably does mean quite a bit to some of the players because quite a few of them would have played in that game last season. And um, we didn't play well. We weren't competitive. And Wolves did a number on us, really. Um, most of that came from just by marking our centre-back. So Button couldn't, you know, couldn't pass the ball out. But, but we've, we're beyond that now. So um, I, think, um, I, think, I think some of the players will want a bit of vengeance as well. So I, I can see us getting... I think we'll get a result. I think we could do two or three nil. I mean, I, I, I totally agree with you there. I mean, we were talking to Pete from Wolves, and he was joking when we were talking about um, Harley Dean uh, putting Sacco's diamond-encrusted boot in his pocket, and he said, well, uh, you know, Dean couldn't put him in his pocket last season. And I think that Dean will be going all older and second. that was last season, but this season, I think, you know, I'm going to have to take you boys out. So I think Dean in particular will be making sure that there will be no reoccurrence of the activity that took place last season. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, it, you know, we, we sort of say the players don't maybe get the Fulham thing. So maybe some of them are thinking more about this game in, in some respects. I'm sure once they got into the Fulham game, they felt different about it. But in terms of a game, they really thought, you know, we need to sort of, you know, get get, get our own back, I suppose, for want of a better phrase. Um, this, is, this is probably one of the games they've been looking at and thinking, you know, we got a little bit embarrassed by Wolves last year. We thought we were the... We thought we were the boys. We thought we could win the league. And um, and to be honest, they completely outplayed us, didn't they? They did. And, I mean, Laney just mentioned briefly as well, George Seville. Obviously, he went over to the dark side. 
We know who's the Wolverhampton side because he, for whatever reason, maybe because he's got a previous record, you know, he played for Kenny Jacket in Millwall. They offered him a bigger paycheck. They paid a million pounds for him as well. I think we were a bit gutted at the time we didn't get him because we thought we could have developed him. Um, he's gone in the Wolves side, and uh, according to the Wolves boys, I mean, speaking to various people, some people don't really know him. Some people think that he hasn't, hasn't played particularly well. And then we spoke to Pete today, who was probably quite diplomatic. He said, he was all right. He's probably going to get better. You know, we haven't seen him play, but do you think he's made the right move? Um, I, I'd have been well happy if he'd have stayed with us. Um, but in retrospect, it's like everybody else and everything else. It's kind of worked out for us. And um, uh, maybe it's not. Maybe Savile. I, I don't know. With some of these young players, they. You know, they sort of maybe think, oh, Brentford, they're not a big club. Look at, you know, I'll go Wolves. I mean, there's probably a bit more to it than that, and I'm sure there's money involved as well. Um, but we, we didn't appear to be the first choice for Savile or Forshaw, um, which is a bit of a shame, really. But but we've done fine without them. And it may be that, you know, it didn't work for Forrester. If we think back a season and a half ago, I mean, you know, it, it's quite laughable looking where he, you know, where, where he is now. Um, and maybe Savile will have his regrets as well. I, I, I'm not sure how often he's playing though. I mean, one of the things I did take from from um, that from the interview was that most of their players seem to be injured because he kept saying, "Oh yeah, he's injured. Yeah, he's injured. He's injured." So it all bodes well for Saturday. Uh, it does, and, and it's interesting you say that. I mean, you're talking about people saying, "Oh, it's just old Brentford," but I thought it's quite interesting because you know, Wolves came up from the division below, Division One as well. They won. They won it. They yep. won it pretty much when they beat us 3-0. That was it. They 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 topped the pile then and they just steamed on from there, you know. Um, but we we you know we 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 fought pretty hard and we were a decent team last season. But what I thought was quite interesting is that when Wolves were third in September, and all the people were saying, "Oh yeah, Wolves are third. That's no real surprise because it's Wolverhampton Wanderers and you know they were really good last season and they're a big side and they've got all these players and so on and so forth." And it's always like people like. That's just what we expect. They were like, oh, God, that's, that's interesting. Wolves come up to the first, divi- you know, first division and they're in third place. We come up and people are going, oh, oh my God, look at Brentford. What are they doing up there? That's amazing, isn't it? Oh, it, and people are sort of saying, oh, it's not going to last. It's just a bounce back. And you see the difference in attitude between the two, the ways that, you know, I mean, we're, we're there on merit, as everyone says, but people still don't quite believe it like you know even even Kenny Jacket actually said to be fair today Brentford are there because they deserve to be but it's almost like he's had to reinstate that because he's looking around and people are going oh, what's going on there I mean you must have seen it as well Matt um I think maybe even I was a little bit guilty of that in some respects because I at the beginning of the season I was looking going oh yeah Wolves they could go straight through the league and it is because you think yeah they're a big club but 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 the realism of it is that last season um, they weren't that much better than us, and um, and you do doubt your own club sometimes. Um, maybe it's maybe it comes from following Brentford for as many years as we have, um, but it's um, I, I would say that if you what if you look at the way that the teams are playing at the moment, we're a far better side than Wolves at the moment. They're not a bad side. Um, probably Forest aren't that bad a side either, but but we are definitely playing better than they are. Apparently, Forrest were amazing on Saturday. Either that or Wolves are terrible. Um, I spoke to my Forrest mate, and he said to me, Wolves are terrible. And I spoke to, obviously, Pete, and he said that Forrest were amazing. So you don't know where the boundaries lie as to where we would have sat in that little mix-up. Mix up. But um, I'm definitely glad we played Forrest when we did anyway. Yeah. That's all I and, and hopefully this will be the same. I mean, if you look at, the, the, the I think, the first and the third goal, um, in that game, they look like Forest scored got the sort of goals we score. Listen, we're going to round this up today. It's been a good chat. We've talked about lots of things. We're very, very excited. We're very vibed up for the Fulham game. Nice chatting to the Wolves guys. We can't really round this up before actually getting a bit of a score vibe for you this weekend. Matt, what do you reckon? I'll go 2-0 to Brentford um, and I'm hoping that it's um, it's all done and dusted in just before the end, because I've got to get a flight at 6.15 out of Heathrow Airport, so I need to be running out of Griffin Park at 4.45. Right, okay, that's cool. And I'm going for the same as yourself. I'm going for a 2-0 win to the Bees. Again, keeping a clean sheet. 
which is good. We, we still quite rarely do, but I think we're going to do that at the weekend. I think Wolves' defence is a bit shaky. As uh, Pete said, they haven't kept uh, the same defence for ages and it's not the business. So I'm hoping that we're just going to absolutely hammer them. So 2-0 to us and uh, look forward to it. Definitely. Definitely yeah. looking forward to it. So thank you very much, everybody. This has been the Besotted Podcast, the Wolves Podcast, and we've got the game on Saturday, so we'll see you down there. A couple of drinks before the game, we'll be drinking with the London Wolves boys. Um, if you want to catch up with any of our stuff, just check out besotted.co.uk. That's B-E-S-O-T-T-E-D.co.uk. You can also check us out on Audio Boom. We've got all our podcasts up there, and also us on Besotted on Audio Boom, and also check out on YouTube, Besotted1992. We are Brentford, we are the Bees, and we are we're in the playoff spots, apparently. Come on, you Bees. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.